Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash Startup Foundations. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Startup Foundations today to register for free. Traveling for business will never be the same. With Rogers Roam Like Home, you can now stay connected to your business just like you do at home when you use Roam Like Home with your Share Everything for Business plan. For just $5 a day in the United States and $10 a day internationally, you can use your data as you would at home and receive unlimited calling and messaging to Canadian and local numbers with no roaming charges. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash small business. A real entrepreneur helping others succeed. This is your host, Rivers Corbett, founder of the Rockstar Mastermind on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett. If you're looking to access the best-in-class mastermind group, then I invite you to join my own Rockstar Mastermind. We teach people how to learn and build a successful company from scratch. Visit therockstarmastermind.com for more information. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a very, very cool journey that we're going to take you on with our next guest at the Startup Canada podcast. We're just thrilled to have Carlo Colacci on our show today. Carlo is the co-founder and president of Toronto-based Drake General Store, which is a very unique one-stop shop for modern and classic Canadian goods that fill all its buyers with intrigue and nostalgia. The brick-and-mortar shop first started selling on Queen Street West, where it soon became one of the most popular shops in Toronto's art district. The Drake General Store is able to do one thing very well that very few companies in Canada can say they've done, and that's create distinctively appealing Canadian content. Very cool. Working with local artists and in-house designers, Carlos Curations reflect the modern version of the good old general store known in every small town, reenacting the nostalgic scenes of pre-industrial Canada. The company's expansion to other cities like Ottawa and addition of an online shop that 
that ships across the country also reinvigorate the interest of local routes while scaling back the fast-changing fashion and consumer good industries. In today's podcast, we're going to talk to Carlo about how our cultural products can maintain authentic Canadian identity. Very important. All the while keeping up with the changing trends of contemporary lifestyle. Carlo, it's really an honor to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be here and uh, excited about the conversation. Well, let's dive right into it. Um, our listeners like to know what's at the end of this conversation. Where are you hoping to take them? What's the takeaway from the conversation so uh, so they can get a sense as to what journey we're going to take today? Uh, I think it'd be great to um, introduce my, my brand, my company, to a few new uh, customers or listeners of your listeners. Some may know us, some may not. Um, and it's, it's just really exciting for me to chat about, um, you know, my, my company and the brand and, and the journey that we've, we've gone on to date and where we're going. So it'd be really exciting to share that, um, cool. with, with your listeners. Wonderful. Well, let's start there. Tell us about your beginning. Uh, you know, how did you become interested in creating authentic Canadian goods and, and, and that kind of, a kind of whole approach to Queen Street West mm-hmm. when you first started? Give us the journey. Okay, well, I'll take you a bit uh, back, before, just a few years before the Drake General Store, um, when I, was, uh, I graduated from Ryerson University in business management. And, and right out of school, I kind of wanted to um, try doing my own thing. And I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew I wanted to work for myself and start my own business. So I did a little research and uh, decided to make T-shirts. It was something that you, know, you could do um, almost start to finish, other than growing the cotton for the T-shirts. You could import the yarn, uh, knit the fabric, manufacture the T-shirts, wash, print, do everything locally while still being competitive with uh, the imports that were coming in. Um, so I started that business. Uh, it was called Shared. Shared now is part of the Drake General Store. It's one of our in-house brands. Um, and it was really about creating a, a really great quality T-shirt um, produced in Canada. Um, and, uh, you know, spent a few years growing that business and brought on employees. And one of the employees I brought on was uh, Joyce Lowe, who, who's one of, the, our, one of my partners and one of the co-founders of the Drake General Store as well. Um, and uh, we continued to grow that business and decided after about four years to open up our first store in Toronto. We had built that business primarily selling outside of Toronto, even outside of Canada, to London, right. to Tokyo, to Hong, to Hong Kong, New York, L.A. Um, but we really wanted to get some recognition for what we were doing in our hometown. Um, and we re- approached Jeff Stober, who, who is our third partner in the Drake Jones store, um, because he had some vacant real estate next to the Drake Hotel on Queen Street, we approached him okay. to take over one of those shops and open up a, a shared pop-up shop. Um, and we did that. That was summer 2008. Um, we did that. He agreed to give us the space and was very accommodating. Um, you know, being a small business, he helped. He, he, us being a small business, he helped us uh, you know, get going without a, a whole list of conditions and that. So we nice. opened up the shop ran it for the summer. He saw what we did. He saw the customers we attracted and, and the media attention that we, we brought on. And just casually one day as he was walking to the hotel, mentioned that uh, he always wanted to add a retail component to the hotel. Um, traditionally, hotels always had you know, a strong partnership with retail, whether it's a gift mm-hmm. shop or um, you know, traveler's necessity shop. So he, he kind of asked me if I'd be interested in coming up with a concept 
Um, and it was very casual, literally at the side of the road as he was walking in. So I kind of took that back, thought about it for a bit. Joyce and I bounced around a few ideas and uh, about a week later we emailed him saying, Hey, we think we have a, a pretty cool idea. Let's sit down and talk about it. And from there, you know, we brought to the table the idea of the Drake General Store, but it really was the conversations after that, the three of us, the three founding partners uh, that kind of got it to be what it was when it started and, and obviously what it is today. Very cool. Did you, was it, was it always going to be called the Jake Drake General Store? Yeah, that was pretty much, that was the strongest idea. We had a few other ideas, but out of the meeting, the first meeting, it was, you know, it was clear that Drake Jones store was the one it was, you know, we, we wanted to go in that direction. Um, you know, back in 2008, you know, barn board was still on, on the upward trajectory as far as design and, uh, you know, these lifestyle stores and general stores were, were not really as popular as they are today. So we, we wanted to represent something that had been around for a long time that really brought, you know, necessities into a town, into a small town, um, whether that's toiletries or gifts or food or, or housewares. And, and that was our idea. It was really about not just catering to the traveler, but catering to the community and kind of being, you know, beacon in that community for whatever it is they're looking for. And, and not as literal, we don't carry flour or, um, uh, you know, things like that, like the, the basic necessities. We do, we do have a vast assortment of products, but the, the idea was the general store, but a modern take on the general store. It's interesting you talk about, Carlo, the, the community piece, because I see so many tourist operators, you know, they, they really focus on the seasonality of tourism and uh, and really don't focus in on the community. Do you Do you recommend community first, tourism second or the other way around or are they pretty well equal in the emphasis that, that you guys put into uh, into your operation and for anybody else across the country that's that's looking at that in a similar you know in a community base i'm not talking rural rural here i'm talking community yeah i think i mean i, I think our approach is that they're one and the same i mean they obviously have different needs uh, we carry large items that a tourist you know wouldn't want to carry home um, and we we have a lot of souvenirs that really appeal to the tourists, but they also appeal to the community. And, and whether you're from Toronto or visiting from Montreal or from, you know, across the pond in England or, or Tokyo or wherever, we have souvenirs for everyone. And we, we see that uh, we sell a lot of souvenirs to local you know, customers like our, our, our neighbors as much as we do to tourists. So the seasonality in retail is something that I think everyone has to follow in winter. Everyone gets ready for winter and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of changes their offering. Um, but for us, we're looking at one customer and our one customer actually consists of probably a hundred different customers. We, we really mm-hmm. approach, uh, you know, our demographic, our key demographic is, is everyone, you know, we're trying to appeal to the young, the old, the single, the married, the family, um, uh, and everyone in between. And, and also we're trying to appeal to um, what, what uh, one of our, our motifs is that uh, we try to appeal to the curious culture seeker and culture Goodness. cultures, you know, for us, it's a word that we recognize means, you know, there, there are thousands of definitions for culture. It could be music, could be food, could be, you know, traditional arts, could be modern arts, you can fashion. Um, and for us, it's, 
recognizing that every single person out there, culture means something different to that person. And, and how do we appeal to that within that person? And that's why we, one of our challenges is really curating an assortment that tries to appeal to everyone. And that obviously um, is, is, it's pretty impossible. We do our best, um, but right. we, we really do try to you know, have something for everyone. Um, yeah, that's our approach. But there's an underlying theme of culture associated with that. There's absolutely you focus in on. Yeah, and and it's re- it's really about you know um, highlighting you know, local makers, also international mm-hmm. makers too. But really, when we started, it was really recognizing there are a lot of very talented, um, whether they're craftspeople. Uh, in the traditional sense, or craftspeople making crafts at home and wanting to sell them through places like Etsy and other of right. other channels. Um, and then there's artists, there's musicians. Um, there are a lot of food entrepreneurs in the city that produce amazing products. Uh, you know, sold uh, in our store. So it's really about going out and finding all of those and kind of programming the space too. We we obviously can't. We have small mm-hmm. stores. We can't accommodate everyone at once. But really, it's about um, throughout the year, bringing people in and really highlighting their product and, uh, and telling their story for them. Yeah, you're changing your menu and your location, right? Based exactly. On the needs of the, the community at that point in time. I love yeah. it. Let's kind of, let's kind of dive into your products. Uh, I, we've got a great research staff at the Startup Canada podcast, and and we've been able to discover that 25 to 30 percent of your overall sales at your Toronto location come from either Canada or Toronto, uh, and that's uh, those are the theme products from Canada and Toronto we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But 80 percent come from in-house produced design product. Can you tell? Tell us about the demand for homegrown brands, especially in the commercial market full of, of uh, foreign competitors. Well, I think um, I think over the past few years, we've noticed a huge shift in uh, just our, our customer and customers in general coming coming through really interested about where th- where products are made, how they're made. Um, and loving that, that, you know, most products that we carry have a story behind it, whether mm. that's, you know, story of what someone does in their real, t- real job. And this is, a, you know, how this, this, you know, product is a hobby for them or how this is a famous chef that makes, you know, runs a, a really cool restaurant in the city and also makes, you know, chocolates, for example, that we sell in our store. Um, so I think for us, it's really about, uh, enhancing the product, the, you know, everything we, we carry, we're really proud to carry and it stands on, stands on its own, but having a little bit of uh, product knowledge, a little information to share about that product that really you can't tell by just looking at it, uh, really differentiates, mm-hmm. um, our product from, you know, what you would see most, most of the time in the mall. And, and that's where I think the disconnect is, um, when you go to the mall or you go to a store that's, you know, carrying primarily imported goods, you really, you know, um, we we also carry imported goods. It, you know, it, it's part of. Uh, it's really difficult to to curate an assortment where imported goods don't play a part in that. And we do our due diligence to make sure that you know our, the factories we're working with are audited and that um, you know we we have checks pr- uh, periodically done on them. And we want to make sure that everything's um, produced above board um but beyond that it's really hard to to really communicate anything else because it's it, there's kind of an unknown there you know so i think for us it's really about getting behind the locally produced product 
and really enhancing the product with the story. And most of the time, nine out of 10 times, there's a story and it's a wonderful story behind, behind it that our customer is really excited to hear. Well, part of your part of your emphasis, uh, we, we we've already alluded to, is the word culture, and you talked about having stories behind the products and uh, that you sell. But there's got to be people that deliver those those uh, those stories in addition to the the, the the product itself. So, how do you incorporate your staff into understanding the culture you're trying to convey, and then know all of these stories from these amazing products that you're uh, that you're selling? That's a great question, and <laughs> <laughs> probably one uh, one where I don't have you know a, a finite answer to. It's it's a that's probably one of the hardest things that we do just because there sure. is, you know, we, we carry up to a thousand different products at, a, at any given time and it's always changing. Things are coming mm. in, going out. So um, really, I mean, we, we have a lot of things in place like where we, you know, we do a lot of off sites with our staff. Some are just going bowling and having fun and other like others are training sessions. Sometimes we actually go and visit some of these producers so we can kind of get a behind the scenes tour. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's ongoing and it's really challenging. It's even hard, you know, myself really being involved on the uh, curatorial side and, and watching the product go through all the process until it actually hits the shelves. I'll sometimes walk into the store and be surprised to see something. So, you know, it's (laughs) something we're really working on, um, but it's really about getting, um, you know, right when we're interviewing our, our, our staff and bringing them on board, we're really looking for people that are passionate about, you know, culture. And, you know, most of the times those are people that either are producing things on their own, they have a hobby or they're, you know, going to school, but they do photography on the side. So it's people that really like, you know, believe and really like, you know, share their culture, uh, you know, even at the interview stage. And, and then from there, you know, it's about um, teaching them and and sharing with them our story and uh, what our kind of main, um, you know, points of information would be. And, And again, it's, it's changing all the time. So really difficult to, you know, stay top of mind as far as like, you know, me- memorizing a thousand SKUs. That's, that's the one thing we train our staff not to just memorize and stand right. there and, and rhyme off right. or have a book. We do have books obviously because there's again, a wealth of knowledge, but um, we train them to really engage with the customer and have conversations with the customer. And really it's about, it's either, the customer's either buying something for themselves or, or, you know, a lot of the times they're buying it as a gift for someone else, someone to take, you know, something that a tourist wants to take home or a gift that someone's bringing to, to a party. Um, and it's really about engaging with that customer, learning about who they're buying for, learning about themselves, what they want out of, out of their purchase, and then directing mm-hmm. them that way. And right. there's always so much to talk about. So, um, right. you know, we're, we're comfortable that we can't answer every single question possible, but we can do a very good job at, you know, engaging with the customer, making them feel like, they're coming into our home and, and, you know, we're, we're showing them a, a good time and hopefully they're going to leave with something. Cause that means, you know, uh, they're, they were successful, but if they didn't, that's also okay. Cause if they had a great time, they had a great experience in our store, then they're going to tell someone about it. They're going to sure, yeah. share the story about that random product they saw on the shelf. Can you believe Drake Jones store sells this? 
And that's yeah. just going to help us too. And, and that's really what it's about is, is sharing, you know, kind of what we're doing, not necessarily all the time about converting the customer and making the, making the sale at the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. As an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to work smarter, faster, simpler, and better. Grow your business your way with transformative tech like Microsoft Azure, Office 365, Windows 10, and more. Visit modernbiz.ca, that's modernbiz.ca, and see how Microsoft can help you run your business anytime, anywhere. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are back. Well, it's a, you've, you've, you've touched on a point that uh, about customers' needs and then directing them through what they not want. Uh, you, you see so many businesses, uh, I say in, 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 a, in a very rude way, just barf all over people about what it is they do, what they have to provide, and they have no idea if the client even needs uh, or wants this journey that they're taking them through. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that, that, that business is simply a dating game, and the best yeah. time in a date is at the beginning. You're all about the other person's <laughs> needs right and so you're reinforcing that as part of uh, as part of your your process of reinforcing your culture first of helping but then uh and then very very easily zeroing in on what's important to the customer so i, I appreciate that that reinforcement um this conversation is very cool because we don't get to talk to a lot of quote unquote retail locations. And mm-hmm. I know you're not the typical retail location. Can you talk Carlo about the, um, uh, and I know by the way, there's listeners on here that are from coast to coast that, that are in the position of retail and want to learn about uh, certain elements of building businesses and so on. But I think it, it would be a very unique thing for you to address what are the, what are some top considerations that you suggest that uh, based on what you went through from when you decided to 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 bridge from being a bricks and mortar to an online operation? Can you give us some thoughts on best practices and that as it relates to your journey? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I could I could say that um, right off the top, we are learning every day on the bricks and mortar side and the e-com side it's it the the landscape is really changing you know the media is really talking about this retail reset and you know the the big driver behind it is obviously the online shopping world and, and the growth that it's seeing and uh we've uh, you know, we started our business almost nine years now, and and probably mm-hmm. about two to three years into it, we launched our first, uh, the first version of our online shop, and it was something we built ourselves, very grassroots. It functioned well, you know, it was secure, right. but it it definitely you know looked a lot different than it does today, and and. Uh, but um, you know we. But you we, did it. You didn't wait for it to be perfect before you launched it. I think that's the, that's a good lesson in itself. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it was, um, you know, it was us recognizing that 
that is where the shift will be going. Um, you know, today's business world is, is changing uh, and especially on the retail side. So I think it's hard, it's hard to say where it's going to end up, obviously. Um, but we, uh, we believe that, you know, there is a strong connection between brick and mortar and online. Um, there have been businesses that have started just online and then have added brick and mortar. There, there have been businesses that started as, you know, standalone stores that have added online. And then there are ones that are exclusively either brick and mortar or online stores. And I think there's a place for each of those um, types of businesses. Um, but, there are definitely economies of scale when you, you know, kind of add that online element to a retail store. There are a lot of great um, software options out there. Great companies, uh, you know, Shopify is a good example of a Canadian business that mm-hmm. really makes it easy for anyone to to go online and and affordable. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we we recognized that at the beginning, and we knew that. Um, it was and is a very different business. There are some economies as far as, you know, inventory and, um, you know, kind of the curation and the marketing aspect of what we do. There, it's very aligned between um, our, our brick and mortar and our online channels, but everything else is very different. It's operationally mm-hmm. totally different, requires a total different, like, skill set as far as, you know, how you attract customers and how you retain those customers and how you grow your business overall, but very exciting. I love both. I love the, the, the brick and mortar business because it, you know, really satisfies that, you know, physical and, mm-hmm. and I guess more on the emotional side too. You're in there, sure. you're experiencing it, you're feeling, it, you're touching it, sometimes you're yeah. tasting it, you know, it's, sure. it's there. Um, but then the ease of online shopping is also very appealing you know, you can go out. A lot of customers, we see this, they'll go out and they'll be very interested in something, but they won't want to pull the trigger there. They'll, they'll want to think about it or they'll want yeah. to you know, compare um, other, you know, they'll do a quick search online to see you know, if anyone else is offering it uh, cheaper. But then we'll see that online order come through later in the day. And, you know, sometimes we can connect the two because they're you know, repeat customers and we know them, but 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 that's just the nature of business, and we're seeing that there is a benefit. You know, there is that customer that sometimes wants to come in and see it, but then buy yep. from their couch. Um, and then there's that customer that doesn't live in Toronto and will never come to Toronto or any city that our store is in, but they still would be a great customer. And that's, you know, that's the real benefit from my perspective is that you really are opening yourselves up to, to a worldwide market the challenge is how do you really connect with that customer um, who's, you know, halfway around the world. And yeah, there are well, there's, men. There's the cultural piece again, right? Because that's pretty, that's paramount to the success of your business. Exactly. Sure that, that is being delivered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one way we've been really successful is really um, partnership, part, partnering with um, um, other brands or artists or, um, you know, anyone that we think is doing something really cool figuring out how we can partner together to do, whether it's to host an event or to have them pop up in our store or to collaborate on a product uh, that will be released through our channels or other channels. And usually that partner of ours is, uh, you know, kind of running their own thing, whether they're, you know, they're running their, their own company or they're just, you know, like I said, making things at, at home on their side, on the side, they usually have a following. They're usually, 
pretty proud of what they're doing and they, you know, they have an Instagram account, they may have, you know, a hundred followers or a hundred thousand followers. And it's really about mm-hmm. that partnership where we're sharing their story with our followers and vice versa. And that's really, that's yeah. really worked for us to attract um, a customer that wouldn't really be able to find us like through, you know, other than, you know, s- strolling along Queen street and popping into a store mm-hmm. or, or reading about us somewhere. Um, that's really helped us. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think primarily I that's bet. why we do it. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it has. What I, again, what I love about it is that what's the customer need. It's all about the customer telling their stories. You, you although the brand is paramount in delivering that experience, uh, the diversity of the customer being able to tell their story. And of course we love to share things that we, uh, good stories that we're involved with. So I think that that's brilliant how you've used the uh, social media as, as part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, a question I have for you specifically related to the chicken and egg. Did yeah. you start online because you were getting a demand for it or did you start online because you and your partner said we got to get online uh to make sure we're not left behind it was the latter for sure i mean we mm-hmm. we were a really small business with one location when we started our online store and and really just you know kind of learning the retail business at the same time that was the first time other than the pop-up we did for shared t-shirts we had never really right uh, worked in retail um, so we were really figuring it out and, and, and again, adding online really taught us that we had to figure that out as well. Um, but we did, you know, we, we knew that there was going to be a shift and we saw it uh-huh. happening and, you know, from our first order, we, you know, learned a lot and, and have grown a lot of, about that process. And, and again, customer satisfaction is really important, especially online because mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm. easy to get a repeat customer online. They don't have to do anything. Um, everyone's, right. whether they're on their you know smartphone or, or sitting at their desk or at home on their couch with their iPad, um, it's so easy for them to walk through the door of your online store. Whereas in the physical sense, you know, it takes a little bit more effort, a little more planning. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we, we did make the right decision. Um, but it, we were we weren't alone. Obviously, I think uh, no. it, it was pretty obvious back then, and we just realized let's let's get in a little early. And even to this day, like our online business isn't our most um, uh, our highest revenue um, location, which you know most businesses today that that, that would be their highest grossing location. Um, but we're on a you know huge trajectory. Our, our growth is pretty significant, and we. You know, are very comfortable and it allows us to grow in a smart you know, more calculated way we want to make sure again we're, we're offering the best service and we're you know if someone makes a purchase we're going to deliver that product to them so those are those are things that are really easy to figure out when you're selling brick and mortar because the product's either on the shelf or it's not right. but online there's so many behind the scenes um you know metrics and algorithms that you have to rely on and when the customer makes a purchase and that product isn't sitting in the warehouse and you have to go back to them and tell them that you actually don't have it even though <laughs> you've charged their ouch. credit card it's not a good experience yeah so no, no. yeah so let's uh, so let's scoot back to bricks and mortar, particularly uh, as it relates to your Ottawa location. Um, I'm, I have a theory that Ottawa is not from a uh, from a cultural perspective, from an audience perspective, is not the same as Toronto. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I'm um, um, I'm just interested in having you kind of share that story about 
how you approached Ottawa uh, and understanding where and how you were going to market, but still protecting that culture. Um, I'm from Fredericton, and I know you know three hours away, the people in Prince Edward Island are mm-hmm. totally different than than the people in Fredericton. Did you find mm-hmm. that with Ottawa also? Definitely, yeah. We um, were really excited at the opportunity. We actually opened our Ottawa store within the Hudson Bay location um, on Rideau Street, which is right by the Byward Market in Ottawa. Um, And so it was, it was a a bit easier for us to make that move because, um, you know, our partnership with Hudson's Bay makes it a a bit more um, strategic as far as how we're going to, you know, set up shop. It's, it's, you know, the risk isn't as significant as if we were coming out on our own, finding our own location, negotiating our own lease, dealing with, um, you know, all, all the details of, of running a brick and mortar shop. So they really helped us there. Um, but, you know, we recognized right away and, and we knew right off the bat even as we were planning that we'd have to kind of uh, educate the customer uh, in Ottawa um, because we had a few customers, obviously, that, have, you know, visit us in Toronto or heard about us and were excited that we were opening up. But uh, primarily, it was uh, really starting from scratch in, in a new market. So, you know, one way we um, kicked off our store was we partnered with a local illustrator to create, you know, a, a what's, what's hip, let's call it, map of Ottawa, kind of calling out the cool areas um, and, and maybe not so cool areas, just generally illustrating like a really awesome version of, you know, Ottawa and, and how we would interpret Ottawa through like, you know, this artist's eyes. And we put that yes. on a bunch of product, um, all made locally again, um, and really oh. made that the hero product as we were entering the market. Mm. So, um, mm. it was pretty successful. You know, I think we still get asked for those products, even though it was kind of a limited nice. run. Um, and, and from there it taught us that, you know, every new market we go into, um, like for example, w- you know, we, we have been in Toronto for a long time and made a lot of great relationships with great, um, producers. And so we brought a lot of that to Ottawa as well. And, uh, it, it's a, you know, if it's a great product, nine out of 10 times, um, you know, people aren't going to be turned away because it's made in Toronto and not made in Ottawa, right. but right. we decided to introduce kind of a maker series of Ottawa makers and highlight that product in our Ottawa location and then also bring it to our Toronto location. And nice. it was very successful in Toronto as well, because our customers obviously always like, you know, new items and, and new products. But in Ottawa, it was a slam dunk. You know, the customers coming through the door who hadn't heard about us were really intrigued with our offering. And then when we really shared this beautiful display of all these different artisanal products and, and, and artist made goods, um, made locally in Ottawa and then kind of shared that story. And sometimes the artists would even come themselves and hang out and talk to our customers about, you know, Neat. the product. Yeah. And that was, that was really great. And, and we knew at that moment that that was like a key part of our business. Like yeah. it is, a, it is about local, um, but it's also about where you are locally, not just local, sure. you know, we're, we're a Toronto brand and um, most of our business is in Toronto, but as we branch out, it's really about embracing that community, that community, and uh, and and kind of using that community in a in a constructive way. You know, not not abusing, but but using them to help elevate the 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 brand and the story and and share 
um, what they're doing and what we're doing and hopefully to attract uh, new customers or new people coming through the door. And I, I, I've got to think that this community, you know, uh, in a in a selfish way, loves being used because they're proud of the fact that uh, that the Drake General Store is located in their community. So there must be a great, great big hug. Oh yeah, they're, they're, I'm very proud of this. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And we love being, you know, being able to help um, share their story and really, right. um, you know, a lot of times it's. You know, we, we are approached, I would say, a dozen times a day about, you know, various products that, um, you know, from the producer's perspective, quote unquote, are always like perfect for the Drake General Store. And it's really, you know, it's it, we know what we like, but <laughs> and, and, you know, usually we, we trust our gut to um, decide what actually makes it to the shelves. But there have been, you know dozens of times where we're not sure about something and we're like, okay, let's just give it a go. It's a good story. Or, or we really like this person. We feel like, you know, they've, they've worked hard. Let's, let's, you know, have a pop up with them and we'll get them in to tell their story. And it just blows up and people like love it and becomes one of our best selling items. Nice. And nice. yeah. So, I mean, we're, we, there isn't a magic ball that we look in and we're like, okay, it's got the story. It's made locally going to sell a thousand units if that doesn't happen it's usually our gut um but now we're actually really looking to um you know bring in it, it's it's we're, we're we've introduced a pop-up model where uh, every week there's probably four or five different pop-ups happening that are specific to like one artist or maker and it's really a great opportunity for us to see um how that product does and and have our staff engage with that maker and then also our customer engage with that maker and then we let that um kind of tell us if there's you know a future or, or how perfect it is for our store um and again so surprised half the time because had we gone through our old method or the traditional method of you know <laughs> trying to source out the best of what we thought yes. was the best um, we yes. would have probably been off. Um, but um, so it's really letting our customer and, and even sometimes our staff kind of help us make that decision. Sure. And, and, and yeah, it helps uh, kind of create that unique assortment. Very cool. Um, Carlo, I, I've got one more question on this wonderful conversation, and it has been very insightful and very much needed. I, I always like to say that the tech the tech guys get all the, and the girls get all the love and attention. It's the rest of us that need the attention. So it's it's wonderful that, that retail is getting the attention the way it has through your great success story. But I, I would, would like you to dig into your, your, uh, your, your sack of books, that you've read that as it relates to if someone is in the retail sector that's uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be with uh, the type of, of retail that you're doing but uh, do you have a favorite book that really you look to or have guided you on helping you ask the right questions be uh, be insightful uh, have those success factors in retail that you have that you could share with us um yeah i think this is a great question too it's hard to pick one, but I think, uh, my, my most recent favorite, let's call it would be shoe dog, which is the, uh, Phil uh, Knight story. Um, and, um, you know, it, it was, I, I think I liked it cause I was actually really surprised reading it. I didn't really know the, the um, whole Nike story. Um, and 
it was almost like, okay, what's going to happen next? What's happening? And, and, and <laughs> nice. it's halfway through the book where actually Nike actually becomes part of the story. And there's so much yes. that happens leading up to that. And I think it's, it's kind of taught me that, you know, through his journey to get to where, you know, he is um, today and where the business is today, it was a lot of hard work. It was obviously a lot of uh, smart thinking, but there was a lot of, let's call it luck or, random elements that kind of aligned for him that took him yes. to the place that allowed him to come up with that, that idea of Nike at that time, because if you know, half the story didn't exist, he wouldn't have woken up one day and said, okay, I'm going to create a shoe. It's yeah. going to be Nike, you know, and then we're going to grow a, an amazing, massive business. Um, so I really enjoyed the book. I loved the, the style that it was written. And then again, like yes. it was, it was a, it was a pleasure to read because it, it surprised me the whole way. And it was almost like a, Yeah. So I would recommend yeah, I, I reading concur. that. I, I've I've read it also, and you're right. It's an epic journey, and I think a nice uh, a nice uh, reinforcement of of a journey of products uh, that uh, ultimately ended up being and a really up and down story along the way. And I mean, yeah, exactly. For seven years, right? Seven yeah. years, he was an accountant yeah. somewhere else, and, and yeah. still building this amazing company. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Carlo, how do uh, how do people find your online store and that aren't don't have the the privilege of, of being able to walk down to uh, to to one of your locations. How do we find that? We're at uh, drakegeneralstore.ca and uh, Instagram as well. Drake General Store um, would love people to check us out. I mean, I think we we do um, a great job at curating product, and again, like really proud to be Canadian business that celebrates mm. Canada everything that Canada has to offer from products to uh, makers and, and that and and uh, yeah check us out and uh, feel free to reach out as well um, through our, our email I'm uh, you know at the start of the year uh, I'd like to pick one word that defines my journey for the for the year and this year year my word is epic my good friend this has been an epic conversation thank you, thank you so much for your time thank and, you uh, keep keep on doing your magic we appreciate your time today Cheers. I appreciate it as well take care bye-bye bye now Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. This is Zainab, founder of Winged, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast. Well, so let's get back to that millennial voice. Uh, and what is the uh, what is the millennial voice anyway? And uh, everybody should really be listening now because this is that little seed of gold that they're making millions of dollars. <laughs> oh my! You know what's so interesting? Have you heard the theory of labels? How? No. Okay, so there's this theory out there that if say you're you ascribe to a label that's different from the popular, you know, from the majority of yes. people, you become the spokesperson. Yes. <laughs> and okay, so, okay. and so, everything you do formulates around that, you know, creates the uh, direction of that label. So it's the same yes. thing as the millennial voice for us. So everybody now, you know, say they look at us as experts into millennial voice, and it's funny because, nice. um, you know, I when we started, we didn't we didn't.
didn't actually call ourselves millennials. You know, I think it's realizing, um, you know, and there are two things actually. So while we were creating Wink, we met someone, um, you know, who's, uh, he's a mentor of ours now. He lives in Silicon Valley. He's created, um, you know, two tech companies here and he's working on a third one in, in uh, Silicon Valley. And, you know, when we told him, this is our goal, this is our direction. And, you know, he said, oh, you guys are crafting, you guys are teaching people what the millennial voice is or what millennials like to do because you guys are all millennials. And I think it was when he said it, it was that that's when we shifted gears and realized that, whoa, a lot of people actually you know would want to understand the new generation and so millennials honestly to me are the people who exist or who were born in the digital age so the people who mm. were born into the internet they were born where mm-hmm. or you know um or now living in that digital uh, you know in that digital age uh, all that all that tr- all the trends um so mm-hmm. uh, think of us i always say millennials are Think of us as the digital age cavemen. We're the natives of the digital age. So. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, I love it. <laughs> so it, to us, you know, we thought, whoa, that's a, you know, and I hate to use the word gold mine, but I need to update my dictionary. But we thought that's a gold mine because for us, we yes. can actually direct or change the direction of how generations after us utilize the internet. Because we're the ones pioneering it right now. So to us, that was when, you know, the whole concept of changing the types mm. of content that went mainstream, um, that's where it kind of came about was if we can change the, or create an alternate platform on the internet for people to consume, um, you know, positive journalism, solutions-driven content, mm. then we're inherently, you know, having, a, you know, a hand in making sure that the generations after us actually utilize the internet this way. 